This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Well, we do like to celebrate new programs here on ORFM and uh, we've had one in gestation for a while that has now uh, come to airwaves and uh, it's going to make uh, for very entertaining listening over Sunday evening, Sundays at 8 o'clock, The Glass Half Full. The program's host, Hugh O'Neill joins me now. Hugh Moreno, great to have you with us. Thanks for coming Yeah, in. good morning, Jeff. Kia ora. Let's, um, let's talk about the origins of the glass half full. Take us back to uh, what started all of this. Yeah, good question. The, um, we, a large disparate group of uh, peninsula dwellers, and uh, during lockdown um, periods we were conversing uh, by email, and then eventually we got together as a group and just basically a book club or we could discuss films or whatever so essentially a book club but uh, it was what was fascinating was that everybody had a different story and I realized this is fantastic so we weren't tied to any agenda but anybody could talk about anything and it was just so entertaining and at the end of the evening you just felt really great and I thought wouldn't it be good if we could share this uh, lovely experience so even in the sort of the darkest times that there's always some story that you can find which you find uplifting so I thought that was the genesis of it and then it was a what do we call this um, idea this concept and so we come up with the glass half full just to describe well as it says you're looking in a sense for the brighter side uh, or, or the silver lining behind every cloud so it's, it's generally that's the theme that we've tried to uh, fulfill, looking for the light. And the, I keep meeting people, and it's interesting, you, you, once you establish their story and start listening, you find that everyone does have a story to tell, and it's fantastic. And then, and then as they tell that story, then you'll find there's some uplifting note, and that's a beautiful moment. It's all coming out of life experience, right? Out of, Totally out of life experience. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about uh, about the the original group. Uh, presumably, you're f- from disparate professional backgrounds, ages, yes. and things. Yeah. There, there's there's everybody. You know, there, there's uh, there's um, uh, a couple. There in the, in the, there's several people in their eighties, several in their seventies. But our ages range down. We have our youngest member in her late thirties, I think. In fact. One of the group, she doesn't speak very much, but she's listening, and she's about 15, comes with her mum. Nice. So um, a big range of people, uh, but from every uh, range and background, uh, retired dentists, uh, retired doctors, engineers, uh, fairly professional people, but also um, gardeners as well, and and brewers, um, nurses, yeah. So a whole range. Probably wouldn't be the only book club, but Hugh, that, that spends more time talking about other things than books. Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure, yeah. And, you know, in that regard, really what you're doing, I suppose, is, is bringing to light something that happens all over our communities all yes. the time. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, it'll be a familiar um, type of listening experience, except that we, in this program, we, we choose a particular uh, speaker who we know is going to be fascinating and we try and capture that one without the distraction of all those other stories because that can be a big distraction there's too many ideas well let's we're going to home in on one idea one person that's and that's been the format thus far 
The uh, the first edition of the Glass Half Full went to air last Sunday evening. Uh, what did you cover in that? We covered uh, well the the a personal history of gardening, but from a very uh, a lifelong gardener. But she also brought with her um, uh, her academic background, and so she was able to really go into the not just the history of gardening itself, and but also the science, the chemistry, and and how the gardening fits in with the whole the the health, the biology of the soil. But the place in the in nature, how she even almost knows every bird that flies into her garden, and just that real connection with nature, and you could see that that enthusiasm in her voice. And I'm going to have uh, Peggy back again because Peggy, another string to Peggy's bow is her opera singing, and so we've got an awful lot of opera singers here in Dunedin. So that's another little program. For the future, and I dare say Peggy could also return to talk about gardening as well, because well, uh, as we move through the seasons, that's right, that's exactly right. A bit of good point. So the next, our next program is Peggy. Uh, she she had so much to say, so we broke it into two programs, and that's going to be a year by year, month by month, sorry, month by month breakdown of what we should be doing each in our own gardens to grow food sustainably and healthy food. Tell us a little bit about your own background, your own professional uh, background and your own interest uh, in, in broadcasting and in, in the thing that brought you here. Wow, that's you're good at questions. The My own background is fairly unique. I left home at the age of uh, 16 and left uh, joined the Merchant Navy. Um, that was fairly normal, uh, joining at that age. But um, within, so you go to sea for a year, college for a year, until the end of four years, you're ready to sit for your first professional exams, uh, which was called the second mate's ticket. And then uh, if you pass that, then you can go to sea as a, a watchkeeping officer. So at the age of 20, you've got uh, temporary command for eight hours of the day of a ship with like 40 or 50 lives on it. And um, that's a lot of responsibility. And uh, then as you go through the years, a couple of years later, you're back at college, you do your first mate's exam. And then eventually uh, at the age of 28, I was the youngest in my class, age 28, studying for my master's degree. So that gave me the ability, therefore, legal ability to be in command of any ship of any type. So that was... um, quite a good thing to have um, uh, so then I was 17 years in the commercial world and I wasn't I was feeling a little bit jaded by the, is this there has to be more than uh, this commercial world of moving stuff around the world and what I really wanted to do was to get into sailing ships because I'd read about them as a youth it's what first inspired me um, and so I, I saw an opportunity into sailing ships and I ended up luckily for 10 years on the uh, the UK equivalent of what we have here, the Spirit of New Zealand. So I worked for 10 years on sailing ships and I was master for the last eight years. And that gives you a tremendous uh, knowledge of your own abilities and your ability to look after a crew. And so I was, I was the happiest man on the planet, you know. And then, uh, and then I met my... Uh, lady who became, became my wife and she fell pregnant and doing a job like that 
doesn't pay very much money. So I thought, I'm going to have to do something that earns money. And a, a lot of um, colleagues I'd met were, had become marine pilots in the harbours. And they said, you would make a great pilot. So I thought, well, OK, then I did. Uh, I made the switch and became a pilot in London in the River Thames. I was one of 95 pilots working the River Thames. Um, and that was a great old life for eight years. Um, and then then uh, we were getting into the early 2000s at that point. Well, also, as well as uh, studying for my pilot's uh, certificates, I also went and did a university degree and uh, gained a master's degree in history. So there was, I was quite a busy person. <laughs> <laughs> Plus a wife, children, new house, mother not well. There was a lot going on in my life. Um, uh, there was a lot of going, going on in the world. Tony Blair decided to invade Iraq, and I wasn't very happy about that. And I thought, democracy isn't in a healthy state in the UK. Where is? And I thought, New Zealand, that's the place for me. So that's how we ended up in New Zealand in 2006. And it's... Only it just keeps getting better in New Zealand. I just love it here. And again, it's the people that you meet that make the, people, the place, Dunedin in particular, a special place. Well, Hugh, I hope you get the chance to get on the other side of the microphone for the glass half full because there's about 20 stories there we could pull apart. There's a lot of stories. And that's the point, isn't it? Is yes. that, as you've said, everybody has their story uh, or multiple stories and yeah. you can dive into oh, any God, part of yeah. those. yeah. With a glass of wine, I'll tell you. <laughs> but early for that here on the Awesome Morning Show, but um, yes. we'll catch up later. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, Hugh, uh, you've mentioned Peggy uh, as their first guest. Um, give us a wee bit of a hint about what you've got planned over coming shows. Oh, indeed, indeed. The uh, the show after that is uh, Dr. Louisa Bailey, who is a medical anatomist uh, and she uh, she teaches art as well, so I was one of her art students. I've been uh, going to life drawing classes for a while, um, for a while, for like thirty years, and um, and so Peggy and I, uh, not Peggy, um, Louisa and I have great conversations about art, and I thought this is great art in the meaning of life, you know, and she has a passion for uh, art. And I thought, this has to be captured. So it was totally unscripted. It was just a pair of us knocking ideas around. And uh, so it goes everywhere. But there's another programme just waiting to go because I hinted briefly about my distaste for modern art. And um, and she's she's valiantly trying to defend <laughs> modern so uh, that's a, that was good fun. And then the program after that is quite an, another easy one. Uh, the headmaster or the what you call it the school principal of the primary school that my children went to. Um, in 2009, he did this wonderful trip over to Europe. He took a sabbatical four months, cycled all over Europe, and took trains and whatnot. And he came back and told us some of these stories, and he has a very good uh, log and a very good memory. And he was able to relive that for us. So that's the fourth programme. So after dinner conversation, as you've suggested, the kind of uh, where people can, uh, you can imagine a pair kind of saying, um, come sit down, we'll have a chat about what you've just been telling me about yourself. And yes. you can pack all of that for our listeners with the glass half full, Sundays at 8 p.m. Um just finally, Hugh, uh, you, you know, you, you've thought carefully about what to call this program, The Glass Half Full. What, what is your hope for the listener experience in terms of what they might take away from, from tuning in of a Sunday evening? 
Yeah, that's that was very important. Um, I, I I wanted them to uh, hear that that uh, that people could have a very rich experience and not necessarily a positive one, but somehow they found an uplifting note. And so, like particular the. Um, well, the, the, even the cycling in Europe story, there were some very awkward, difficult, really horrible situations they found themselves in, but the kindness of a stranger managed to save the day. And so that's the... Um, it, it is that life will throw adversity at us, but somehow you get through, and that's the, the central core. Hugh, thanks for bringing this idea to us and um, for following through. And we're looking forward to future editions of The Glass Half Full. Of course, you can tune in Sundays at 8pm, but uh, through the magic of podcast, you can tap into this library of uh, conversations anytime you like. Uh, Go to our website, oar.org.nz, and look for The Glass Half Full. Hugh O'Neill, thanks for joining us here on The Awesome Morning Show. Thank you, Jeff. Great pleasure. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.